I've looked forward to this conversation for a long time. I've always been a fan of Matt Derry. He is the host of the Lockdown Lions podcast. You can find it anywhere your favorite podcast platform is available. Looking forward to talking Lions with Matt. How you doing, buddy? John, uh, I promised you many years ago that we would talk, so I feel badly it's taken this long, but uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. And yeah, it's a, it's a big day for the Lions, certainly, uh, today and tomorrow with all the cuts and starting to leak out, of course, so let's get into it. No doubt. News of the day, obviously, when you look at building a football team, you have to be able to hit on a lot of your draft picks, and cutting second rounders is not on you know, the formula there, but unfortunately today, Tease Tabor was cut, 2017 second round pick. What's your reaction to him not delivering, and another second round pick for the, for the Detroit Lions that doesn't come through? It's incredible, John. You go back to Matt Millen, you go to Martin Mayhew, and now you go to the maestro, Bob Quinn, and just some of these second rounders, it just has been a, it's been a disaster. And with Tease, I said about two, a week and a half ago on my show, I think that there's a good chance he's gone. And the reason being, he can't stay healthy, and when he's healthy, he isn't good. So there's nothing worse than a guy that can't stay on the field, takes up a roster spot, can't even help you, and... Also, when he does get on the field, it just is not, you know, productive enough. And this is a big step for Bob Quinn because this is an admittance of failure because you got to hit on set first and second and third round picks. You know, you look at what the Colts did last year in the second round with Darius Leonard. He's one of the best linebackers in football after one season. So you have a cornerback, a, a very important spot now in this day and age of, of throwing the football, John, in the NFL. And to have this kid fail like this... Uh, it, it, it stunts the growth of the organization for sure, and, and but I, like I said, it's it's an admittance that that Quinn screwed this up. I'm not that surprised though that he's gone. He just he never he never he, he wasn't very good for the first two years, and then not being healthy, uh, you know, spelled doom for for his chances. Yeah, now some will say, you know what, Bob Quinn is also quick to realize when he has made a mistake and is quick to let guys go. What's been your overall impression of how he's drafted and built the the Detroit Lions roster? I think this is the year where we're really going to know, and I'll tell you why. Uh, in order for this team to take the next step, and I think they've got some, I think they've got some talent on the roster and some depth. But let's find out about Tracy Walker. He's going to have to play. What about Jelani Tavai? Is Jalen Reeves Maven going to be good? Uh, Graham Glasgow's in a contract year. All of these guys that I'm mentioning, Taylor Decker, are all draft picks. So they're supposed to be now in years two, three, four guys that I've mentioned. All supposed to be now hitting the prime of their career. Uh, we're, we're dusting the cobwebs off. Are they legit players or not? And that's, to me, this is where we really will judge Bob Quinn in year four. Is, is how, can these guys take the next step to becoming Pro Bowl players, Pro Bowl alternates, guys that are considered top 10, 12 in the league at their position? Um, so, you know, Quinn's drafts have been okay in my mind. Um, you know, some of the free agency pickups have been pretty good. But this is the year. This is the year that we find out. Obviously, now there's only a handful of Mayhew guys and Millen guys. You want to talk about Matthew Stafford left and Don Muehlbach to, to a degree. But uh, this is it. This is it now. Um, you know, his coach, no more rookie cobwebs either. Is, 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 did he learn from last year, Matt Patricia, on how not to handle things? Uh, he ran the team into the ground in July and August. It showed in September with those bad losses to the Jets and Niners, and it cost him a season. So now this year, if Patricia can scheme and, and the players are on board for all 16 weeks, that'll, that'll show well for Bob Quinn's resume. 
Now, he did get a chance to address the media prior to the fourth preseason game, and he expects the Lions to take a big step in year number two. Do you see that based on the roster, and have they done enough in this offseason to at least you know, start the conversation of maybe expecting eight, nine wins this year in 2019? You know, I think a lot of it is going to depend on the draft and the guys, the first two guys that they took. If Hawkinson is this legitimate beast in the red zone that Stafford's feeding every week a touchdown too. I'm not talking like Ebron numbers from last year, and I hate to bring that name up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then you talk about Tavai having to play well uh, and, and, and playing a role. Those two guys are going to be huge factors for, for Quinn, and I like both picks. I didn't like the Tavai pick that night when they took him on that Friday night, but I'm sold on him now based on what I've seen at camp and certainly in the preseason. I think he's going to be a good football player. Um, you know, Jared Davis's health is going to be a big factor. Has Bob Quinn done enough this offseason? I like the offseason they had, actually. Uh, I think the Trey Flowers pickup was good. I think the Justin Coleman pickup was good. I like Danny Amendola. Um, so, you know, he's he's showing some guts by cutting tees and not just saying, well, he was my guy a couple of years ago, so I have to stick with him. He's he's basically saying, look, uh, you know, Oruwarie and, and Melvin and who knows who else with, with this being recorded on Friday. Mike Ford, whomever had made the team over Tabor, um, that he thinks those guys are better. I think they've addressed pretty much everything. The one thing I'm worried and concerned about are the guards. Uh, They didn't give money to Graham Glasgow. Why? Do they not think he's good enough? And on the other side, is it going to be Dollar Wiggins? And can either of those guys play? Uh, O-line's going to be big, but maybe maybe he could have addressed that again uh, uh, with another free agent pickup or a trade. He didn't do that. And now I think over the next 24, 48 hours, we're going to see somebody added to that O-line, and it better be somebody that can play. You and I have both followed and covered the Detroit Lions for a long time. Now, when we talk about expectations, it's always funny because of the fact that on paper, you would expect some improvement. But you would not be surprised if some of the predictions of the Lions failing going four, five, six wins, it would not be surprising because of the history of the Detroit Lions. Is it something where the Detroit Lions always find a way to kick themselves in the foot, or are they changing the culture? Are they poised to take the the next step forward in the evolution of that franchise? You know, just when I really like what they do, John, and, and I and I commend them for it, and I think Bob Quinn has has picked up on some good tendencies. Then little things happen that just you know press that SOL button, and I'm not an SOL guy. I don't like it. I always joke with Jeff Rieger over at the ticket about it because he overdoes it. I, I'm trying to get away from that because I, I think that, you know, the Lions in the hiring of Quinn did it right in terms of going through, you know, the, the, the process and how they how they handled it and some of the people that they brought in consultant-wise, Ernie Acorsi being one, to make that selection. But then, you know, like the Calvin Johnson situation, you know, and I hate to bring this up, but. You know, when, when the guy goes to Jim Caldwell's office four years ago and says, I'm retiring, and Jim does the right thing, goes down the hallway, grabs Bob Quinn, grabs Rod Wood, says, guys, uh, Calvin's going to retire. What do we do? And Rod Wood, first thing out of his mouth is, you know, did you earn all of your bonus? And then makes him pay it back. Those are the little things that, that just, you know, the other day when Andrew Luck retired and everybody nationally was like, oh, remember when the Lions made Calvin pay his back, which was like one and a half million? Luck owed 24.8. And Jim Irsay told him to keep it. So those are little things that always kind of are the cloud that hangs over Allen Park. And I hope that can change. I hope Wood can apologize, get it figured out, so that a guy like Calvin 
can show up in Allen Park on a Thursday and work with Kenny Galladay and make him better. And that's that's that. Those are the things that are roadblocks that have kept this organization down for 50 plus years. As far as what Quinn's done, I li- like I said, I, like I said, I like the roster on paper. I know everybody nationally doesn't, and the predictions are four, five, six wins. Vegas has them at six and a half. It better be way over that, based on year 11 of Stafford, year two of Patricia, uh, upgrades all over the place. I mean, John, I'll ask you. Look, look at the roster from last year to this year. They've upgraded a linebacker, right? They've upgraded in the secondary, right? They've definitely upgraded a D-tackle. The tight end room is a complete 180. There's upgrades there, right? No doubt about it. I see improvement all across the board. You hope for, uh, obviously, Matthew Stafford to have a better season. Obviously, you bring in Daryl Bevel. You think you're going to have a controlled offense. I do see improvements, but, again, harking back to the Detroit Lions, it might be this year where they're in a lot of close games, and in the NFL, it always does come down to two or three plays in a contest that will determine it. I just hope that this year it falls on the right side to the Detroit Lions. I'm with you, man. And, you know, you look at the schedule and you say, okay, uh, originally when you first saw the schedule, you went, oh, my God, September is very daunting. They got to go out west. It's Kyler Murray. Well, if you watched Arizona during the preseason, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a dirty diaper right now. Game two, the Chargers. Melvin Gordon's holding out. Derwin James is out. They're, they're, they're loaded with injuries. That's a home game where L.A.'s got to come across across the country. So, to me, the 2-0 and o should not be out of the question. And after last year's home opener, you hope that Matt Patricia and that staff have this team better prepared um, for that first home game because they certainly weren't last year. Matt, you are a unique person to talk to because you also have perspective covering Barry Sanders. Now, you did speak on the retirement of Andrew Luck. Some people obviously have compared the retirement and how Andrew Luck was treated versus how Barry was treated. How did you view all that? And now, several years later, do you think the media in Detroit and the fans were a little bit too harsh knowing what Barry went through and knowing that he was part of a tough organization and knowing now that, eventually speaking, he just lost passion to play NFL football, similar to Andrew Luck. Now knowing how the media has responded to Andrew Luck being a little bit more positive, do you reflect back and say maybe the fans and the media were a little bit harsh on Barry? I mean, I think the way it was handled back in the day, imagine social media and Twitter back then when if it would have been in existence because, you know, to find out that your favorite player, the best player, arguably the best running back of all time, faxed you know faxed in his goodbye to the wichita newspaper and basically went into hiding and you you know you're you're you know fred human i think it was a channel four or whoever it was at the time you know tracks barry down at some airport as he's flying overseas i mean that, that you know andrew luck walked off the field the other night and i'm assuming somebody got to him or you know and said look the Schefter report's out there now what are we doing here you you got it and he got right up there and addressed it and Andrew Luck was, you know, faced the fire, took questions, which to me, Barry, Barry never did. Now, that doesn't mean that Barry hasn't addressed it since. And he's let bygones be bygones with the franchise. And now he's a member of the organization again as a, as a, a spokesperson. And, you know, I, I, just, I just think nowadays it's, it's, it's much more difficult to run and hide with social media and with everything else, with the number of media that's out there. And I think Barry messed up, no question about it. But you look at it now and you say, you know, I, I think, the, you know, the fans were just devastated. But nowadays with football, with CTE, with all the reports about how dangerous the game is, I don't think people are surprised anymore when young guys like a Gronk, 
like a luck are retiring. But back then, yeah, it was a stone cold, uh, you know, stunner. One final note, enjoying the conversation with the host of the Lockdown Lions podcast. Obviously, we have to talk about Matthew Stafford. It's year 11. He's the guy that everybody's going to point to in terms of, you know, paying attention to the day in, day out situation with that offense. Now it's year 11. Obviously, you know, he's a, a definitely a, a quarterback that is widely debated. But now this is probably going to be it in terms of the opportunity that he has to work with Daryl Bevel. I think this offense could suit him if you do definitely get him a solid running game and a defense that can, you know, keep the Lions in contest. Do you see him finally making the strides to take over a franchise and be a guy that actually can put some results in that playoff column when it when the time comes? I, I'm not sold that this offense is going to be built around him anymore. And I don't know if – I think if the team has success, I don't think we're going to be talking about the quarterback much. I think we're going to be talking about him managing games, not making the big mistake, and we're going to be talking about, wow, Carrion Johnson ran for 180. Or, wow, Hawkinson's unbelievable. And even though Stafford threw that ball behind him, he still made the play. You know, back in the day when, when the Lions went on some runs and they had that, you know, some pretty good seasons, even under Jim Schwartz uh, in 2011, where Stafford's numbers were video game-like and he was amazing, that's when you thought, oh, my gosh, we've got a top-10 quarterback here, and, and now let's build off of it. And they never did, and he never did. So I think it's – I'm not sitting here telling you that – if I think the team's going to win eight, nine, ten games, which I, I do hope and I, and I think they can, that it's going to be because of him. I think they're doing everything in their power to, I'm saying dumb it down, but not have him be the focal point. And the focal point could be a ferocious defense with a terrific defensive line, a lot of depth up front that's going to make uh, stops and it's going to create turnovers, which they didn't do last year, and then the running game. And I think Stafford's going to be like third or fourth on the list. Yeah, there might be a game or two where they're down one and he rallies them and gets them in enough position where Prater hits a long field goal or something. But uh, the days of the 352 and four touchdowns, are, I think those are days are done. I think those days are over. Enjoyed the conversation. Our guest on today's podcast has been Matt Derry. Matt, I do want to get a chance to tell you that, you know, Back in the days when you were at WDFN, you were one of the broadcasters that I looked to and listened to as part of the family. And, and, and across your various stops and projects, I've looked up to your work. And so for us to spend a little time talking football meant a lot to me. I look forward to doing it again in the future. Continued success in all the endeavors that you're doing. Definitely give Matt a follow on Twitter. Listen to his podcast. It's a great platform, and he does it very regularly. A great Detroit Lions podcast that if you're not listening to, you're missing out. The Lockdown Lions podcast host on, hosted by Matt Derry. Thanks for your time, Matt. John, always a pleasure. Uh, apologize for not doing this sooner. I know the work you're doing with the, the USPBL, and then when I saw you at, at Oakland Games for many years, you're always a first-class dude. And uh, Keep up the good work and appreciate the time.